You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly, and welcome to a very special edition of the Bloomberg Business of Sports. This week, my conversation with someone everyone has wanted to hear from amid everything that's going on in the world. I'm talking about LeBron James. I caught up with the king himself from his home in Akron. It was the second in a series of conversations that I had with him and his longtime business partner, childhood friend, Maverick Carter. We got together initially in February to talk about the business that they have put together over the last several years and a catalytic moment for that business, a big investment coming in from major investors to combine everything into one company. It's called the Spring Hill Company. And what they're saying Setting out to do is to change the conversation around race, around inclusion, to change the way we think about how we make content and who consumes it. That was an interesting conversation in February. It got a whole lot more interesting and a whole lot more important and, dare I say, urgent in the previous six to eight weeks, especially in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd and a national reckoning with race and all of our places in the question of equality. So without further ado, here's my conversation with LeBron James and Maverick Carter. So LeBron and Maverick, it was a few months ago, we got together in LA, we were face to face, we were in Jeannie Buss's office. It was a very, very different world. It's changed dramatically to say the least. LeBron, it strikes me that this moment has come to you in many ways, but it's a moment that it feels like you were anticipating to some extent, how does it feel to face this right now? Uh, you know, Jason, I don't want to say that I was anticipating it. I just want to say that we've always been in this position. We've always strived. We've always had to plan um, for this moment. Um, it's something that I've always um, had a passion about. And that's, you know, letting people know and having people to understand how important we are as um, black America you know, and, and, and the powers and the creativity and the language and, and everything and the struggle that we've had for so long. And for me to have the brands that I have and, and having uh, Spring Hill and having Uninterrupted and now today having a nonprofit organization and we are uh, more than a vote, it's allowing people to now really sense uh, what we've been striving to do from the very beginning. So um, it's come, you know, you always talk about timing and, and I guess, I guess the timing is, is, is perfect for what we've always wanted people to understand what we're all about as a company and as a brand and as individuals. So I want to talk to Maverick in a second about sort of what has happened from a company perspective. But, but before I do that, LeBron, I have to ask you, what has it felt like to you the, these last three months? I mean, first of all, the, the season 
stopping abruptly, you know, within a week or two of when we last saw each other, you know, when we left off, we were talking about the playoffs. We'll talk a little basketball later. Um, but the pandemic and then the killing of George Floyd, just walk me through how that's felt. It, it must have been tremendously traumatic. And, and I just I just wonder how you felt through all of this. You know, you know, for our team and, and for our city of Los Angeles, we've we've been through a lot, you know, this year. You know, um, you know, you, you look at the death uh, of Kobe Bryant um, that we had to deal with. And, and um, you know, obviously, you know, our prayers are still with Vanessa um, and the two daughters that's here. But we've dealt with that as an organization and as, and as a city of Los Angeles. So, you know, that was a tragic moment for us. Um, you know, you come to the point where the playoffs are almost around the corner and then, you know, it stopped, stopped because of a world pandemic um, and COVID-19. So, um, you know, we just all had to be at bay and, and just kind of wait around and see what was going on and see what was happening. But understanding that the health of, uh, you know, of, of every individual is so much more important at that point in time um, than worrying about, you know, chasing a ring or chasing a championship um, because there were lives at risk and, and no one had an answer to it. Um, and then bring us up to speed to the George Floyd uh, killing and just seeing that video and, and seeing, you know, how many people were hurt, not only in Minnesota, um, in Minneapolis, but all over the world, and especially in the black community, um, because we've seen this over and over and over, um, you know, about police brutality and, and the things that goes on um, in the inner city um, when being, you know, racially profiled as, a, as an African-American black man or as a, as a black woman and things that's going on. So, you know, it's, it's been a lot that's going on in 2020. Um, and you know, you, we're, we're still trying to make the most of it and continue to be powerful and continue to be heard and um, using this, this opportunity um, to, for the better of change um, at the end of the day. So Maverick, it's a nice segue to what you have been doing in terms of that change and, and meeting this moment and anticipating it or, or being prepared for it, uh, maybe to, to say it the way LeBron did. Tell me what you've been doing and, and the opportunities that you see and maybe some of the conversations you've been having both in the shutdown and maybe more recently uh, when it comes to you know, activating around this huge existential moment we seem to be feeling. Um, I think for us as a company, you know, this is a big moment for us. You know, we worked very hard over the last four and a half to five years, really uh, building and shaping our company. And now we bring it to this moment. We're able to bring our three companies together and create the Spring Hill Company. But the truth is, we weren't anticipating this moment, but, but what this moment has brought to the forefront is exactly what our mission stands for. Our mission at our company is about empowering greatness in every individual. When you think about that word empowering and you think about what black people need is empowerment. And we've always tried to empower all creators. And that starts with all of the people who work at our company. We really strive to empower them. And the truth is this, now everyone is talking about diversity and having black executives at their company because of George Floyd's killing has led black people to the streets to not only talk about social reform, but political reform and economic reform. And the truth is that our company, we've just always been that. It's a company started and founded by two African-American men from the inner city that, you know, social, political and economic 
uh, oppression is just what we grew to, we lived with it. We just did it. So, so the, when we, the first opportunity we got to be the opposite of that or show the opposite of that or push back against that in every way we could, we did. And, and a big part of that is pushing back with our company, with the people who work at our company, the content we create, the products we create, the brands we create are all an effort to empower people. We've always felt that way long before this moment arrived. And LeBron, it seems to be a, a moment where we're all viewing activism in a much broader sense. And I wonder, as a longtime activist, as someone who calls back in, in the interview that you and I had, the three of us had in February, you talked about Muhammad Ali, you know, an amazing activist in his own right. Now, activism is something that we see everywhere. Is this a moment, a special moment and an important moment for activism in your mind? Um, I think it's a special moment in the sense that um, you can be heard. Um, active, activism and, and activists have always been around, um, but people had a closed ear and a closed mind um, and, and didn't want to recognize and didn't want to hear and didn't want to be um, um, knowledgeable about what they were speaking, where they were coming from, um, the passion that they were speaking with. Um, now it, it's, it's being heard. People can be heard. Uh, black Americans, African Americans, you know, can be heard, both men and women can be heard um, of what they're passionate about and the calling for help and the calling for we're being, we're just tired. So, you know, I don't want to say activism is something that's, um, you know, now everyone's doing it. No, it's always been around. But, you know, in the, in the case of George Floyd, in the case of so many other um, innocent lives uh, being taken away, um, they put up a stand and, and, and now, you know, we're being heard and everyone is being heard, um, not only, um, you know, from from what Muhammad Ali was saying and so many that came before him and so many after him, um, but even the local people, the people in the community, because those are the real ones. The, the, the people that's in the communities that's living and walking those streets and, and being racially profiled and being judged every day that they walk in their cities, they're the ones that need to be heard and they're being heard right now. And it's, it's great to see. And so what does it feel like in, in Akron? I mean, you talked about Los Angeles a, a little bit, but you know, you and Maverick ha have said often that so much of what animates you started in Akron. You guys met when you were children. And I wonder how this feels there, LeBron. No, absolutely. Um, we, always, we always recognize where home is and home base, it starts there. You know, having my I Promise School here, and understanding the, um, you know, the level of importance with my kids. And, you know, when the pandemic, when, when COVID started, it was, um, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking because I knew that my kids would have to leave the school. We had to shut down our school for a period of time. And I understand how important structure is and hands-on is with my kids in my school. So, you know, that was very troubling times for me and troubling times for our faculty members and, and everyone that had to do with the IPS because, you know, we're so used to having our kids and we un and we know how important having them in the classroom and having them underneath our our wing and our and our guidance. Um, so we're always paying attention to our hometown and listening to the people, listening to what's going on there. Um, so that is constant every single day, no matter, um, you know, me and Maverick living in Los Angeles. Uh, we, we have hands on and, and, and our ears to what's going on in our hometown of Akron, Ohio as well. Maverick, one of the things that you did during the pandemic that was forced by the pandemic was graduate together. Tell me 
why that was so important and what was different about it and what it represented for Spring Hill and what it says about the opportunity. Yeah, the, obviously the pandemic unfortunately forced all of students uh, back home. And, and, and as LeBron said, unfortunately the kids, the students at our, our school, like I promised, the school is, well, for a lot of those kids, the safest place and where they get the most structure because home is, is tough. And, 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 and especially for seniors, right? High school seniors who didn't, you know, get the chance to graduate and walk across the stage and get the diploma, which is a big moment for all of us. And, and, and even a person like me, it's the only graduation I've ever had. Right? It's the only graduation LeBron's ever had. So it's very memorable and it's an important moment in everyone's life. So at the company, we got approached um, uh, by partners to, to come along and produce, graduate together and, and do it with, with Lorraine Powell Jobs' company. And it was just important that we really over-delivered for those students, for those kids. It wasn't about us. It wasn't about the networks. Uh, LeBron did a fantastic job hosting. We were fortunate enough to have uh, President Barack Obama deliver uh, the, the commencement speech. But it wasn't about LeBron. It wasn't about Obama. It wasn't about us as a company. It was about creating a special, memorable moment for those students, just like we, all, we got the chance to do when we actually got to experience it live. Unfortunately, they didn't. They had to do it in their living rooms with their families. And that's what made me very happy and proud is all the texts that I received from, from families and, and parents who said that was a special moment for my graduating senior. And now they at least have something they can remember it by. And we did a t-shirt. We wanted to make it as special as possible and do it in the Spring Hill way, which is bring it to life as a, as a show on network TV. We did an after party on, on Uninterrupted's uh, Instagram live channel. And we brought a product so we want to really give them a full 360 moment so they felt very memorable and something they could always remember just as though if they could do it live and in person. And LeBron, we move from that to more than a vote that was launched officially this week. What does success look like for more than a vote as you look toward November? Um, I think success looks like um, educating uh, the people that's on the grounds in these cities that we're tackling. Um, you know, we've had voter suppression for so for so long, um, people not understanding um, how they can vote, where they where they can vote, if their vote really counts. Um, you know, in the black community, you know, you always hear go out and vote. But what you don't understand is who am I voting for? Where can I vote? Uh, how many people am I voting for? What does these votes mean? What do they stand for? Um, so the education side. Um, is what we're most uh, proud about. That is success for us, where we're actually getting um, these communities um, out to vote, but they're even more educated on who they're voting for, how they can vote, where they can vote. Um, they have that power. Um, there's, some, there's a lot of people that believe that they can't vote because they've had previous convictions with the law or, or, or they've been to jail and they've been told that they cannot vote, uh, that their vote um, does not get submitted and things of that nature, which is untrue um, in a lot of states that we're tackling. So to educate and to make aware of the people that's on the ground that has a lot to do with the future of our country, um, that is the, one of the success that we can have. And we'll see what happens in November. 
And Maverick, I do wonder, you know, to speak to this moment where where we are, uh, given that you were positioned to do this via Spring Hill, what are the conversations that are incoming to you, whether it's from studios, whether it's from CEOs uh, of companies, are your calls getting returned more or is there, is there more uh, interest in what you're doing, given that the world does seem to be moving in this moment? Yeah. And, and you keep calling it a, a moment. Hopefully it's not just a right. moment, right? I don't Fair. want to call it a moment. This is, this is what's needed. This is actually more like what this country should be and what this world should be. So it's, it's, it's not a moment. I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel at all like a moment to me, as I said. I've been black my whole life, right? So, and, 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 and pushing to empower all people and specifically black people my whole life. And I, you know, our company, as I said, if you look at what we made long before this time, we made self-made on Netflix, right? We made Shut Up and Dribble on Showtime. So we've always been about empowering people who feel like us and come from the communities that we come from and want to believe in our mission. And we've, the content we've created, who we've created that content with, has always been about that. And I think for us as a company, people already understood and felt and knew and could feel the essence of what we're doing. It's obviously a bit magnified now. So the conversations that are internally with, with all of us and the people who work at our company are pretty much the same. We're getting some uh, external calls that, hey, if you guys have ideas that want to help us, sure. And me personally, I am getting a lot of calls from people, other you know, um, CEOs, I happen to serve on the board of Live Nation, so I'm spending a lot of time with them. And I've learned a lot from Michael Rapino, actually, who's the CEO of Live Nation, about being deliberate. And, and he actually is the one who taught me, like, to change things like this, going back to what happened with companies and Me Too, and changing how women are treated, what position they get in the company. You have to be deliberate. And I think that's what companies have to do. They have to say, hey, set, put a date on it and put an amount that a year from now, we need five black people at the top of the company. You have to be that deliberate. And I've learned that from Michael. And I've also got a lot of calls on, you know, what what are you doing? What do you think? What do you think we should be doing? So I'm taking those all in stride and explaining to people, as I just said to you, that, hey, this don't treat this as a moment. This isn't a moment. This is what you should have been doing all along. And this is what everyone needs to be doing going forward anyway. And so, LeBron, to that point, what can you do, given your stature, to ensure that this isn't fleeting? What are the things that we need to be doing and thinking about? What can you do to really take this forward in many ways? What are you thinking about? Well, for me, my mission doesn't change. Um, I've been doing this since day one. You know, and Maverick just touched on a lot about our brand and our company and what we've been doing. But, you know, even since I, you know, came out, you know, from, from high school to the NBA, you know, instead of going with a company, I decided to hire my friends. I decided to have hire my friends um, that I believe um, we could all grow together. We can we can we can have shortcomings. We can have bumps in a row. But at the end of the day, if we stick with one another and we're true to each other, then we can build this together. So I've been doing this since day one. So my mission has not changed at all. Uh, continue to educate myself because the more educated I am, then the people around me will get educated as well and continue to pass that down to the youth. I mean, the youth is our future. I mean, we look at the class of 2020 this year, uh, the high school graduation, and there's nothing that they will not be ready for after having a year like this. 
you know, so for me to have the knowledge that I have and the blueprints that I have to be able to continue to pass it down to the generation below me, to the generation that's with me and continue to understand how important um, these times of every day is. It's not being a leader is not when it's not about when you decide to do it. It's every single day. If you want to be a leader or you call yourself a leader, it has to be every single day that you wake up and you jump out of your bed and, and, and people are going to follow you then. People are going to understand you and understand that you're not perfect, but they know you are true to them. So, you know, my mission has always been that and, and it, will, it will not change. Um, I will continue to point out things that I know is wrong. Um, if I see it, um, not only socially, but also with, with cameras in my face. And I will also continue to lead by example as a model citizen, as a black man growing up um, in America. So um, my mission stays the same. LeBron, I do wonder, I think back to, to 2014 and, and Eric Garner and the T-shirt uh, that you wore, and the NBA has consistently stood behind you and its players in terms of protest. Other leagues have not done that, most notably the NFL. Now the NFL ha- has changed its tune. What do you make of that? Um, I do know one thing I can speak from is what I'm a part of. And I'm a part of a league with a great commissioner and Adam Silver, and he's always listened to the voice of his players. Um, and, and I've always respected him for that. For that. Um, he's given us an opportunity to when we feel something that's very wrong with society, that's very wrong with what's going on in our communities, that we can speak upon that and use the NBA shield to back us. And um, I have nothing but respect for Adam Silver. Um, as far as the NFL, I'm, I'm not in those uh, locker rooms. I'm not with those guys, but I do understand um, that an apology, I have not heard a true official apology to Colin Kaepernick on what he was going through and what he was trying to tell the NFL and tell the world about why he was kneeling when he was doing that as a San Francisco 49er. Um, so I, I just see that to be still be wrong. Um, and, and now they are listening some, but I still think um, we have not heard that official apology to a man who basically sacrificed everything uh, for the better of this world. So um, I can say that about, uh, about that. You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. And Maverick, I wonder about the the Kaepernick issue from from your perspective, knowing the business world, the endorsement world, the economic uh, element of this. How does that change going forward, given that I I think it's fair to say Colin Kaepernick was vindicated in in a lot of senses? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the fact of the matter is um, Colin Kaepernick did what was on his heart. He did what he felt was right. He took all the right steps. People always obviously look over that he met with the military. Uh, I think it was a Marine or maybe even a Navy SEAL that told him sitting was the wrong thing to do, that he should kneel. That's where he actually got the idea. He took the right steps. But I think as black people, you know, we've been ringing this 
alarm for a long time. And, 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 and the rest of the country who are, you know, I, I happen to believe most people are good. So who are not even racist have just been hitting snooze on it because it's just the system has been set up in a way that even if you're not racist, right, that you still perpetuate a system that oppresses black people. And, and, and I keep telling people bias and racist get the same results. So if I worked at Bloomberg and I, you just gravitate as a human to the people who went to the same school as you, drink the same beer as you, go to the same place to hang out as you. So therefore you don't have to be racist to still be in a system that oppresses black people. And I think, you know, we've been saying this a long time that this is, this is what, this is, it's in the fabric of America. It's in the DNA. It was actually designed that way. And unless we actually stop and really make hard turns and changes to reverse the social, political, and economic systems, then it's still going to go on. And many people go, well, I'm not racist. And I go, you're not. But you still have benefited from a system and, and perpetuated a system that oppresses Black people. So I think Colin definitely championed that in a big way. But this has been going on for hundreds of years. And Black people have been saying this for hundreds of years. LeBron, I do want to ask you about something that we have talked about before that has continued to be uh, an issue, and, and that is China. Obviously, a little less than a year ago, you made some comments that people disagreed with. You've gotten some criticism lately from activist uh, Joshua Wong about your comments or lack thereof related to China. What have you learned from that whole incident? I think, uh, you know, for me personally, like I told you before, Jason, um, you know, when you, I speak about things that I'm knowledgeable about, that I'm educated on. Um, and at the end of the day, right, or right, right is right and wrong is wrong. And um, I want the better, I want the betterment of people, uh, no matter skin color, no matter race, no matter anything. So, you know, I'm in a position of that, you know, so, um, you know, that's what you, you always learn from, from any, anything that you do in life. You is always, uh, you know, learning mechanisms is always, you know, people are going to agree with you. Some people are going to disagree with you, um, but you can't allow that to stop um, your journey. And, um, and that's what it's all about for me. So when you think about what happens next from an NBA perspective, LeBron, uh, assuming that everything stays the same, you're going to be playing basketball pretty soon, uh, which feels <laughs> like good news for, for a lot of folks. And I would imagine, especially you, given the position the Lakers were in going into all this, Kyrie Irving has said, and I believe you have disagreed, that maybe you should think about not playing. What do you think? Well, for me personally, um, you know, I love the game of basketball. Um, and, um, and I want to continue to play. Um, I believe that sports um, in general um, has done so many great things for, for communities, um, for households, um, bringing people together together. Um, and more importantly, um, like you said earlier, with our, our commissioner and our league has always allowed us to express values and things that's going on in our lives. So, um, you know, for us to be at, together as a league, once again, along what's going on right now, it gives us another opportunity to continue to talk about um, what's going on, the social injustice, the police brutality, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, and, and continue to hit home on things that's going on that matters a lot as well. Um, but, but sports has always been something that kind of galvanized and brought people together and, and, 
and, and, you know, just make people feel, you know, very uplifted. And I know in my community right now, we just, unfortunately, um, a, a beautiful 18 year old girl by the name of Nakia Crawford was just gunned down um, in, in Akron, Ohio last week, a week after graduating high school. Um, you know, so, you know, just to get people's minds, um, not saying forget about um, certain situations, but to just have a breath of fresh air, to have a, a breath, of, a sense of love, um, what, what sports can bring. And I know what I do on a basketball court can bring a lot of happiness to a lot of households, including my own and, and including my community and my kids. So uh, I'm looking forward uh, to the season getting restarted, uh, getting back in the Laker uniform. Um, and continue to, to to push the envelope, not only on the court, but off the court. Because um, like I've been telling a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my friends, um, I won't stop until I see change. And I mean real change uh, for us as a community, as a black community, both on and off the floor. So my mission stays the same. I do wonder for both of you and, and taking your point, uh, which is a good one, Maverick, that this is more than a moment. And I think we all hope that it will be more than a moment. And maybe it's an inflection point. We hope that to, to be the case. There is a gravity. There's a weight to this. And I wonder, and, and maybe Maverick, I'll start with you. Do you feel that weight? Do, do you feel like there's pressure to, to do something to ensure that this isn't just a moment? I feel that people are finally paying attention and focusing on it, right? And, and people who, again who are definitely not racist are now even focused on it, right? Because before people go, well, I'm not racist. I'm, uh, it's fine. Everything's fine. And I think, you know, part of it was, you know, in some ways it's funny because when, you know, you see a black man like LeBron or a black man like Obama who, who achieved the ultimate levels of success in, this, in, in America allows people to say, well, look, America's fine. We have a black president. We have a black man who started off in the projects of Akron and have reached the heights of the world and, and, and just about conquered the world. But that's not true, right? That's, and, and I think that's what we have. We finally have people paying attention that, no, this isn't just about people flying Confederate flags and disliking or being hateful towards anyone who is not of their race. This is actually about a system. It's actually systematic. It's not about just, it's not... Sim, the, the Confederate flag is just a symbol that stood for something, right? But but go past that. People are like, well, if I don't, I don't have a Confederate flag at my house. I'm not. I I get along with everybody. That's true. But you still participate in this system that needs change. And I think we finally have people paying attention to that. LeBron, the final question to you is is similar to that. I I watched an episode of the shop where you talked about the pressure you felt, the, the weight of a city when you were growing up as a teenager, you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a junior in high school. That felt like pressure, I know, especially for a kid. What does the pressure feel like now? Um, it's, it's the same. It's the same, but it's my responsibility. And I'm okay having um, that pressure uh, of my community and, and other Black communities um, across America um, that, that look up to me and look to me for inspiration or for guidance or for um, which way are we going? Um, you know, I think it's just my responsibility and I completely understand that. And I represent that with the utmost respect. And, and um, you know, so every day, like I say, I leave my home or, um, you know, I wake up out of my bed 
I understand that it's not just about me. You know, I'm representing so many people. Um, you know, obviously my family, my wife, my three kids, um, and everyone that's, um, you know, part of my family and friends and my tight group, but also, um, you know, the communities that do not have a voice, the individuals that do not have a voice, that's going through a lot of the shortcomings and a lot of the adverse moments that I went through as a kid as well. So for me to be able to um, lighten and enlighten, you know, a lot of people to what's going on in these communities um, and, and let their voices be heard. It's something I, that I walk with every day and the responsibility that I walk with. Um, so, you know, you can look at it as pressure, uh, you know, but, you know, pressure bus, bus pipes in a lot of uh, people's uh, mindset, but in mine, you know, pressure creates diamonds. And, and that's what, uh, that's what it's all about here. LeBron James, Maverick Carter. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed catching up with you. Thank Appreciate you, Jason. You, Jason. And my thanks to LeBron James and Maverick Carter for spending some unexpected time with me. Uh, Mike, obviously the world changed pretty dramatically since I saw them last in Los Angeles in February. They did. First of all, a great get, as we say in the business, a fascinating interview. Uh, my stopwatch had it at 29 minutes. And that's a long time for any interview, but it was compelling and I could have gone another 29. Great job. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean... It's such a fascinating time to hear from LeBron James, candidly. And and I will tell you, you know, it's a moment, it feels like, that as much as he demurred a little bit and said, you know, I wasn't really anticipating that, he was in, in many ways. Maybe not anticipating that it would take this form, that it would happen now, but this is what they've been building toward uh, in many ways. Really, you go back to the decision, yeah, that was their first uh, joint project together, and uh, they I, I think they'd readily admit that it, it didn't come off the way they would like to, but, uh, you know, failure's a mandatory stop on the road to success, as someone once told me, and uh, they are certainly on their way now. Uh, I'm impressed with this, uh, this the company, Spring Hill, more than 100 people, 64% of them uh, are of color, 40% of women, um, and they're leading, as, as LeBron says, you don't lead by screaming and yelling, you lead by your actions every single day. When you wake up in the morning, you're a leader. What you do all day long is you're a leader. And he's he's living the life of a leader right now. You know what's interesting, Mike, too, is that, you know, in the sports world, you know, the GOAT debate is going to continue forever. And I think coming off of the last dance, it really burnished Michael Jordan's reputation in many ways. But, you know, somebody made the point to me as I was reporting on this story that ultimately, if LeBron James is able to make an impact on society, if he's able to make an impact on voter suppression, if he's able to change the way we think about race, that's got to enter into the greatest of all time debate, right? Well, when you, those words you just said, the greatest of all time, usually are connected with Muhammad Ali, yeah. which ironically he referred to a number of times in your interview. And he made a great point about Ali. People are going to pay attention to me, LeBron James. They pay attention to Muhammad Ali. But I want what I want to make a difference is I want the everyday people who walk the streets, who are racially profiled, they need to be heard. And now they are. And that's a giant step. I think that LeBron took great, great pride in that, that, that by his speaking up and referring to Ali. That's what Ali tried to do in the 1960s. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about what would Ali have done if he had access to this sort of company and these sorts of resources, not only if he had access to social media, because he sort of had access to the social media of his time, but I think we also can't discount the power of Maverick Carter in all of this. And what's so fascinating is you and I know the story. It's like 
guy, famous guy, like brings his boys along, you know, sort of stands mm-hmm. them up. It's an entourage sort of situation. Maverick Carter, he's a real guy. And it's one of the things that I really took away from reporting this story, spending a lot of time with Maverick. This is a guy, he's on the board of Equinox. He's on the board of Live Nation. He's cutting deals with Disney and Netflix. He is in the company of the people who are making the content in Hollywood. And that's ultimately what this comes down to. Can we see access given to creators who aren't just a bunch of white folks who can make things that everybody wants to see? And I think this is the moment. And as Maverick Carter said to me when I was reporting the story and doing this interview, it needs to be more than a moment. And that's going to be up to, to all of us. But uh, obviously, some some pretty substantial and tremendous leadership happening from LeBron and Maverick. They kept referring to the class of 2020, and those kids didn't get a chance to come across the stage. And they did the, this virtual graduation for them. And I thought that was great. They didn't want to leave these kids behind. And he said that the only time that LeBron and himself, Maverick, walked across the stage and got a diploma was when they were in high school in Akron at the St. Vincent St. Mary's High School. And I thought that was a a tremendous gesture by them. I mean, they've they've both been very, very successful. I mean, they could have just left these kids behind, but they didn't. And and they're all about inclusion, not exclusion. Yeah, so uh, fascinated to see where all of this goes from here. Uh, Appreciate you, as always, and looking forward to more big interviews that we will have straight ahead in the coming days. I feel like, Mike, we are at a moment, I think, across the interviews that we've had, you know, Terrell Davis, Elena Beard, uh, even, you know, Kathy Engelbert, our conversation with the WNBA commissioner, something feels different uh, that's going on right now. And I hope it continues. I do. And again, great job in the interview. It was very enlightening. And uh, I not only listened, I heard what he was saying as well. All right. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're here each and every week at the same time, plus online, wherever you get your podcasts. Catch those. They drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Jason Kelly on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me on Twitter at LynchyWCVB. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.